Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Look what the book of Hebrews says. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, now look at this stance, look where he's at, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Would you call that a bold stand? That's an incredible bold stand. It says here, by faith. Where did he get faith? Who showed faith in his life? Hello? His parents. If you're a parent, you worry about your children. You're concerned that they have an authentic relationship with God and begin to follow Him faithfully. At times, that can lead to lots of anxieties, especially when you think that they might be drifting or outright rejecting the things of God. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this parental role and responsibility of raising your children with a sense of their need for God. You'll hear about the story of Moses and his parents' faithfulness in telling him about God you'll be encouraged to think long-term and to be consistent in showing them God's love. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as he continues his message, Our All-Knowing God Knows. This is interesting. In one of the most difficult, dangerous times in the history of the Jewish people, Amron and Jochebed, the father and mother, already had two children, a boy and a girl, but they decided to have another child. I want to stop for a moment and challenge you. I think that decision didn't just come from a mom and dad. I think God directed them to have a child. And you and I would think, wow, In that kind of time? Well, it's the same challenge we have today that married couples face. Now, I will not ever tell anybody, here's how you have to do it. Here's what you do. But let me just give you an illustration here. Should we bring a child, this is what young couples face today. Should we bring a child into our corrupt, wicked world? Pastor Mark, really, I don't want to have a child in this world. It's just absolutely going to hell every day. By the way, it's not going to get better. Should I really do that? That decision is not mine to make. It's not yours to make. It's the couple's to make. But we need to remember that in the beginning of time, what did God say to Adam and Eve? Multiply. Fulfill the earth. Our children are a gift from God. Do you understand that we need to remember every child is born in the image of God? And every child born has a unique plan that God has for that child. All the babies I dedicated this weekend, God had a unique plan for every single one of them. It's to expand the kingdom of God. 
and get lost people back to God. Let me ask you a question. What if 80% of Christians from now on, because of our world and getting so worse and much worse, what if 80% of Christians decide not to have children? Would there be any effect on our world? Most of you don't think there would be any effect. Is that what you're saying? Not a chance. If you look at our world, and I won't mention any names, religions that are not godly, that are false religions, many of them, do you know they know how to take over? Many of you know how they do it? More children, more children, more children, more children, more children. And pretty soon the town that they live in, they own everything. No violence. They just own everything. Go to England. You'll see it. It happens all over the world. If 80% of the Christians don't have any children, who's going to be salt and light in our dark world? Who in the world is going to share the gospel and make disciples? So we have to be very careful. In this day, Amron and Jochebed decided, no, we're going to have a son. And I believe God had an influence on that. So I just pray for the young couples. Nobody's going to condemn you. Nobody's going to do anything. That's none of my business. But understand, we were put here to be light and salt for a dark world. And we can't be afraid because we're in the hands of God. Don't run fearful today. Don't run fearful. Now, later, this baby is named Moses. What if Moses was killed at birth or drowned? What would have happened to the nation of Israel? There would be no nation of Israel. I already went through that with you. You're going to see later that Moses is the one who God is going to raise up to get the Israelites out of the land of Egypt. That's why the book is called Exodus. And from that would come the Messiah. So God's going to have his hand on that. Now, this next verse is, is Jochebed looks down at this baby. Notice what it says. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Now, do you believe when she looked down at that little baby boy, Amron and Jochebed were joyful for those three months? Do you believe they were joyful? Absolutely. Some of you are not with me today. Are you you asleep or what? If you're looking at a brand new baby boy, are you going to be joyful? Hello, get alive out there, would you? Do you think they were praying over that boy knowing the circumstances? Remember what our free things were? Always be joyful. Always be praying. You think they were? Yeah. What was the other one? Be thankful. We have a healthy baby boy in these circumstances. The same three things I already said to you at the beginning that Paul mentioned. Now, look at verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, she probably got afraid that if that neighbor comes over or somebody down the street say, oh, you got a baby boy. Oh, you're supposed to have thrown him in the Nile. Well, that's what they were afraid of. So they did it as long as they could. When they could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. And she put the baby in a basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. Who gave mom and dad that idea? Well, they got online and Googled. (laughs) Who gave, seriously, who gave mom and dad that idea? God did. Now, it may make no sense to them, but as Moses' mother put him in the water along the Nile River, picture this, putting your three-month baby in a little bitty 
container with the crocodiles and all the stuff. Could she be joyful even in that situation? Because whose hands was he now in? God's. You see, when she did that, do you think she prayed at all there? Wisdom, protection, exactly. Could she walk back home and say to husband, well, we can be thankful we had him for three months. I know God told us to do this, so we're just going to trust God. You see, they were learning. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them like we do. They were learning to trust the all-knowing God. Now, when you saw that, when they got home, would they pray less or more after they put the baby in the Nile? You didn't have to say to them, did you pray today? You only prayed once a day. What's wrong with you? No. They knew God answers prayer. So they'd be praying. Well, look at verse 4. The baby sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Now, here's Miriam. She's older. She's watching her new baby brother. Do you think she's praying? For sure. She knows the dangers. Now, watch this, verse 5. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. And when the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her, to take the basket out of the water. Now, here we see some good luck that God brought into the baby Moses' life. No, this is not good luck. God arranged for Pharaoh's daughter to take a bath on that first day in the Nile River. Now, Pharaoh's daughter thought that was the day that she picked because she needed a bath because right after the bath, she was going to have a massage and have her nails done. (laughs) No, I just added that. That's the Balmer translation. Do you actually believe that God could encourage a person to be in the will of God and they don't know it? Of course. So here she is on that day, and our our all-knowing God knows what in the world he's doing. He arranged these details right from the start, the impregnancy, the baby, boom, 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 boom. Now remember, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. doesn't matter if you're young or old. God still has a plan for us. We're still being directed by God, the all-knowing God. Verse 6, when the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. And she says this, this must be one of the Hebrew children. Now, why would she say that? Because as you remember, back in Genesis, God gave a covenant to the parents. Your boys at a day eight need to be circumcised. So the minute she looked at the baby, she knew he was a Hebrew baby. The Egyptians didn't practice circumcision. Now, notice the timing. The baby starts crying immediately. I don't know whether God came down and went, (laughs) I don't know. I have no idea. But Pharaoh's daughter is what? Immediately filled with what? 
compassion. What was her dad like? Brutal, evil, cruel, and yet she has compassion. That's a miracle from God. Because you know what, really, he would expect her to do? Easily, she could have said to her helper, ah, this is a Hebrew boy, I just identified it, put him in the water, drowned him right now. But what did she do? She had compassion on him. And look what happens. Then the baby's sister approached the princess, Pharaoh's daughter. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? That's a pretty bold statement. And she asked, she asked, yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Now it's getting better all the time, in case you don't know it. Called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. And the woman took her baby home and nursed him. When's the last time you young mothers are still here that you're breastfeeding your child? And the next day you get a check from the United States government. (laughs) Ain't happening. Can you? I mean, it's God. When I read that, I thought of this verse. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. I mean, to have the baby home, breastfeed your own baby, and get paid for it. From an enemy. Yes. (laughs) Is God good or not? Come on. He's good. He's good. He's good. Well, when you see that, could we all agree that God knows what he's doing? Yeah. They never, in their wildest imagination, honey, I'm just waiting for the check. I know it's coming. They had no clue. Now, when they have the little son home, we believe, we don't know exactly, probably three years. Now, the first year or two, you can't do much. But what would begin happening? I believe probably at the age of two for sure, at this young age, they'd begin to teach their child about God. Because the only reason the nation got there. Now, remember, there was no Bible. Moses is the one that wrote the first five books of the Bible. He's a baby. There was no Bible. They were learning by word from other people in the Jewish nation. Abraham. Boom, 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 boom. It was all word of mouth. And they had heard about God, his goodness, his plan to use them to be light and salt to change a pagan world. So I believe at a young age, they did what they knew to do. God did all this. We're going to teach our son about the goodness and the greatness of God and his faithfulness. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about the way we raise our children. And it always goes back to mom Single mom, doesn't matter. Single dad, doesn't matter. It goes back to mom and dad. Now, first thing we must do is teach him God's word. Notice this verse, Proverbs 22, 6. Direct your children unto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. This is exactly what happened to Moses. They would direct him on the right path. Well, what does direct him on the right path mean? Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so they would tell him about God. Moses, the only reason you're here is God. He preserved your life against odds that are unbelievable. So he has a plan for your life. When you're older, 
Trust God. We're going to direct you with a teaching of the word that we can, well, we, we don't have the word, but we can tell you how God got us here, how we're still a nation. We can tell you about God's gracious, and we can tell you about all these miracles. And I'm sure they went back and told them about all those kind of things, probably even the Garden of Eden. And you want to follow God. And then, see, it's not enough to teach our children the word. We have to model it. As you look as parents, mom and dad, single mom, single dad, how's your input to your children? Do they know that you serve the one true God? Do they understand that God has a plan for their life? Can they look at your life and realize you were put there to raise those children in the nurture and the admonition of God? I'm speaking to myself just like you. Grandparents, no different. When the kids are gone, we continue to pray. And I just want to challenge you. It's not just teaching kids the word. It's modeling it. I'll never forget when my dad was a pastor and we had a little parsonage. And in the second floor is where my brother and I slept. And I remember going by the door on that floor. And that door was always closed in the morning. That was my mom praying for me. I'm here today because my mom prayed for me. How about you? My mom's gone now. But you're praying for me. Thank you. Seriously. We set the path. If you've blown it, get back into it. God's gracious. Realize the influence you have as parents. Well, verse 10 says this. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. And the princess named him Moses. For she explained, I lifted him out of the water. So for the next 37 years, Moses is away from his parents. He's away from the Jewish people. He has no encouragement in the scriptures. Nobody telling him about God. He's raised in luxury. He's incredibly highly educated. And many commentators really believe that he was going to be the next Pharaoh because he was brilliant, blessed by God. And During those 37 years, he watched the Egyptians worship many, 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 many false gods. The God of the water, the God of the clouds, nothing personal. And then, even though he was raised in that palace, and when he was adopted at Pharaoh's son, he knew whose son he really was. Moses knew he was a Hebrew, not an Egyptian. God's word had been infused into Moses 37 years ago for a very short period of time for a three-year-old to understand the truth that was in his life. He knew there was only one true God to worship. He later, look what the book of Hebrews says, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, Now, look at this stance. Look where he's at. Refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Would you call that a bold stand? That's an incredible bold stand. It says here, by faith. Where did he get faith? Who showed faith in his life? Hello? 
his parents. All that you saw. See, we don't live by sight. We live by steps of faith. God is not pleased with our sight. Well, I'll do this if you just show me, God. No, you have to take a step of faith. They had the baby. They built the ark. They did the whole thing by what? Faith. They turned it and put him right in the water by faith. God can't be pleased unless we have faith. See, you have to trust God. He knows what he's doing. And it doesn't make sense to us. But he, at this point, he's going to have to make a choice in life. Look at By faith, Moses made the right choice to identify with God. He knew his values. He knew the truth. God placed with him a heart of every person. Do you know that every person I'm talking to today, the Bible says in the Old Testament, he's put eternity in my heart. Now, what in the world does that mean? It basically means this. Every person that was created, created in the image of God, believer or non-believer, doesn't matter, atheist, agnostic, doesn't matter, they know down inside they're going to live forever. He put eternity in their heart. And they have a choice of one, two places, heaven, hell. They will say to you, don't believe it. When I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. They can lie to you all they want. They're just blocking out truth. God's trying to deal with them. But see, eternity is there. You can never be completely satisfied in this earth by earthly pursuits. Here's Moses. He's got possessions. He's got power. He's got position. Didn't mean anything. He wanted God. Can you write this down this morning? Life lived without God results in emptiness and it lacks purpose. For 37 years, he basked in a place that many people would go, man, give me that, give me that. No, it didn't work. We learned that God would use Moses later when he makes his choice. He made some failures. We know that. I don't have time to go into that today. But because of him, the nation of Israel, as a nation, exited Egypt. And the promise of Jesus continues to this day. How did it start? With Moses' parents who obeyed God and refused to obey Pharaoh. And it took steps, 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 steps of faith. Can I challenge you as parents and grandparents? Keep loving. Keep praying for your children, your grandchildren. God's plan is still on their lives. Some of you maybe were raised in a home with godly parents. Some of you not. But I want to challenge you as parents and grandparents, keep praying for your kids. Some of them will be prodigals. Some of them have done this, some of that. Some are doing great. Just keep praying the whole time. Satan never stops tempting people. Be godly parents. Love the role God's given you. When you brought the child into this earth, you just didn't bring a person into this earth. You brought an eternal soul into this earth. Now, we're not responsible. That child is responsible. But we have a big part to play with loving them and praying for them. Amen. Today, Pastor Mark talked about the courage it takes to be a parent in bad times. You were reminded that the time when Moses was born was a terrible time for the Hebrews. And yet Moses' parents were obedient to God, have a child and raise him. And they weren't afraid of Pharaoh. You were reminded that this is the attitude you as a parent should display. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This concludes the teaching, Our All-Knowing God Knows What He's Doing. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin the teaching following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark will be talking about the place the Holy Spirit should have in the life of every Christ follower. You'll learn what the Holy Spirit does in your life and how He changes you to show more of Jesus' character. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.